I would say at the start was more of my craft. At the start was more of my craft. At the start was just running at campaigns. I was just like spending people's money. But on the back end, I had no knowledge in terms of like optimized campaigns. Hi everyone and welcome to the Kaching Show. My name is Brian Ching and this show is dedicated to motivated individuals inspiring them to document their journey and for like-minded entrepreneurs who are keen to learn more. Through this channel, we aim to impart financial, marketing and business knowledge from the brilliant minds of other entrepreneurs to you. Today's episode will be on how you can start your digital marketing journey or start your own agency and I've invited a friend of mine, Thaddeus, who's also a fellow agency owner and he's currently running a six-figure marketing agency at the age of 23. So let's have Thaddeus Cole. Hi Thaddeus, uh, maybe you want to share with everyone like uh, what do you do? I run an agency that is actually catered specifically towards stock market uh, coaching business. Mm -hmm. So in short, I help stock market coaches uh, grow their business so that they can spend more time and focus on their student results. So that's, that's basically what I do. Nice. So, so like maybe you can share with them like uh, how do you actually um, started into like digital marketing uh, and then further on moving into helping coaches to actually market their business. So it went, it goes way back, about two, three years ago. Um, so this is after my army period, after my army period, about three, three, four years ago. After army, basically I had some, uh, in fact, a lot of time before my uni started. Mm. So the time I was just like, like, you know, after, after army, um, everyone was just like chilling. They just want to, yeah. like they're finally free, ma. so everyone just go out and spend. And then mm. go drink, go go clubbing and all that. Waste 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 a lot of money. La. So I was one of those people. Um then until one point I realized that my bank account actually didn't really have a lot of money left. Wow, and okay. I had to do something about it. La. Yeah. Yeah. Then also that point of time, uh, I was still like looking into trading, investing. Mm. I was looking at a lot of like charts and trying to learn on myself. Mm. Then one day, I had this army friend, uh, ex-army friend, he basically asked me for a cup of coffee. Asked me to go to meet up, meet up with him mm. to go for a cup of coffee. So I met up with him and turns out he wanted to sell me insurance. <laughs> 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 then after that, I was like, oh, okay, since this is interesting. At the point, I was like super dumb. I don't know anything about finance or anything. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, first time hearing about such things. Uh, yeah. Then he went through my, my insurance portfolio, portfolio. and uh, he realized that um, I had pretty much everything I was quite quite fully covered. Mm. And then uh, he offered a ILP. Oh, investment in, plan. Uh, insurance. No, investment link policy, something yeah. like that. Yes. Mm. But you you basically like didn't know what you were investing in. Yeah, so basically after that, I was like pretty quite I was quite sold by him because honestly he was a good salesman. Mm. Then what happened next was I was so convinced by him that I was actually about to sign the, the paper. Mm. And then uh, I went home that day and then I did some calculation with my mom. I told my mom, uh, of course, all these things I have to tell my mom. So I did some calculation and I realized at the point of time I wasn't working and that plan required me to fork out about 
Two hundred. Not wrong, about five hundred to one. Oh no, I think about eight hundred dollars a month. Wow, wow, that's yeah, a huge exactly. commitment. Then, exactly. Then I was um quite taken aback because I I almost bought that product which I couldn't fund it by myself. Yeah. Mm. And that was when I decided to you know go and learn more about this investing thing, uh, so that you know I I have to depend on this kind of policies to mm. to grow my money. Then that was when I went on a investing seminar, mm-hmm. um, and I basically learn learn took up the course and started learning in investing. Yeah. And after I graduated from that three days course, I had because during the course they asked us to set goals, five mm. financial goals for our future, maybe three five years, three five ten years later, and then I wrote down I wanted to make a hundred k by the end of a. Uh, University, which was about four years later, yeah, and then I was planning down. Then I met this guy, and then I told him my goal. Cause we had to share goal, share our own goals. Mm. Then I told him my goal was hundred k by by end of four years. Then he was like, "Bro, why not try hundred k within within one year?" One year. And <laughs> uh, then this this was a period where where things started to to change a bit. I mm. still see my life change a bit. Um, then this question opened up my mind into. How can I achieve this? How mm. can I achieve the hundred k in in one year? And yeah. that was when I started looking onto into YouTube how to make. I literally type in how to make hundred k in one year. Oh yeah, I, I did almost the same thing. I always type like how to make money online, how to like uh, yes. then then all the different <laughs> how to get rich quick kind of schemes come out. <laughs> yeah, so there was like Amazon FBA, like Shopify dropship. There's yeah. like YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. Uh, doing YouTube affiliates and all that. Yeah. So I stumbled upon Facebook ads, mm-hmm. and this guy lah, basically was like flaunting, showing all his like Lambos and stuff mm-hmm. and stuff. So like quite intrigued lah, young boy's mm-hmm. dreamer. Yeah. Then I started learning this skill, uh, Facebook ads lah. It's, mm-hmm. it's very overused right now. Facebook yeah. ads and the course basically told me to start an agency or sell 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 marketing services. Yeah. Which was helping businesses, uh, local mm. businesses, Correct. run advertising campaigns. So that was what I wanted to try as well. So I tried to approach a few dental clinics. Mm. Um, I did dental clinics, uh, a few e-commerce, uh, companies. And then basically, I just did a lot of cold email and and cold calling. And then I tried for like about one week, and then probably about one two replies. That's it. But I sent out at least maybe close to hundred. Emails and hundred phone calls. Wow. Then until I decided to change the offer, I said, "Um, I have to do this for free. For free, I have to do this for free. Yes, <laughs> do for free. But in return, I want to get a testimonial, lah. Yeah. So I just followed the the course. Correct. Uh, and then that's what I did. I I managed to get my first uh dental client. Um, uh, how did it turn out? It was good. It was good. But was good? the weird, the funny, yeah, it was good. The but the funny thing was. At the point of time, I still wasn't sure about uh, advertising mm. because for advertising, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, or Google, right? Yeah. Usually, you know the theory stuff, right. but you won't actually know how it works. The until practical you... and the implementation. Yeah, actually, you spend money. Mm. You don't really know what what happened. You spend money. <laughs> so I was basically selling stuff that I didn't know what what it was how yeah. it worked. Correct. Very interesting. So, uh, lucky. This group of dent, dent, uh, dentists were very nice people. They they let me try, and then uh, I actually got some pretty good 
results for them. I was helping them sell their Invisalign uh, product, the, the, the retainers. Mm. And yeah, long story short, sadly they, they cut away. I think they had they had like their focus was not there, so I didn't want to continue. Mm. But I also didn't get that testimonial. Oh <laughs> man. That's a funny. Okay. Yeah. Then uh how, that, how, how do you I feel about that report. when when they how do you feel about that when they didn't give you the testimonial? Because I, I experienced something similar previously. So uh, I also want to talk about the investment thing later on. But uh, when I just started out as well, you know, uh, you approach many uh, non-qualified clients and then uh, you actually end up like, you feel like you didn't, you didn't want to service people. Even if it was for free, right? You took the time to try and help them very much. But uh, kind of felt like you wasted your time because uh, you know, they don't appreciate your effort and stuff like that. That's why I, I decided to, you know, uh, I decided to not continue giving out services for free because you end up, you end up uh, undervaluing yourself and people like uh, manipulate, take advantage of you and stuff like this. What do you think about that? For my, at least for my experience, they were very, very nice people. Mm. Yeah, that's good. They that's... didn't manipulate me or whatever. Um, they think they were very nice. Mm. I even asked for like a revenue share, <laughs> like a commission, a big chunk of oh. I see. Uh, they were they were very nice. They were very nice. Um, but sadly, they didn't continue because they had other focus. Yeah. Of their business. Cool. Yeah. So, in terms of providing free services at the start, I would say it's useful in terms of getting your experience. engine started. Mm. Yeah, you get the experience there yeah. out there, and right. really know what it's like running a advertising campaign for clients. And also, yeah. I think the important part is also not only running the campaigns but client management. Mm. This is where you meet their demands, talk to them, make sure that everything's okay. So that part is also like a new skill that I, it's a very, very soft skill. Mm -hmm. But it was, um, yeah, I felt it was quite important as well in terms of building that healthy relationship so that, yeah. you know, they will still hire you for the next few months. Mm. So that was the part. Um, yeah, then after that, what happened is I was, I started working in an educational, education seminar company. Mm -hmm. It's actually selling investment courses as well. Then I, yeah, so down there, I basically also ran uh, advertising campaigns for a lot of seminars out there. Basically, I was an intern there. I, 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 I run all these campaigns. Mm. And then in the midst of it, I was also kind of dabbling into like, other stuff. I don't know what, what I was doing. I had like no focus. I was just a mess trying to do, trying to make as much money as possible. Because yeah. my goal was to hit 100k a, a year in, mm. in that year. So I started looking at like Amazon FBA. I started looking at like a YouTube, try to build a YouTube channel, which is a complete waste of time. And, uh, for me, uh, I started also learn a bit of Shopify, Carousel dropshipping. Wow. I even started participating in like competitions and, mm. and build a restaurant business. It was like all over the place. Lah. So I went on like one whole round. It's very messy. Until one day I decided that why not I just focus on what's already working. Then I went back into the, the Facebook ads, the Facebook ad stuff. Mm. Then I started to focus in that. Then what happened is, uh, yeah, so in the midst of it, I also worked with uh, Resh, mm. Resh Finn, Sean Sia, Avin Sito. I'm not sure if you know, you know any of them. Yeah, I, I, I've yeah. met them, yeah. So I ran uh, a few of the advertising campaigns, then 
yeah, so I mix with all these people and these people also, you know, working in a startup company, it's a very, very different environment working compared to the MNC. Yeah, definitely. Because working in a startup is like, yeah. So we have to work, like, you have to handle marketing, you have to handle like maybe a bit of ops, a bit of sales. So basically, you can't know how entrepreneurship works or know how yeah. to operate a business. Mm-hmm. And that was when I realized that actually I can start something on my own. Mm-hmm. Then I ventured into uh, agency model. After a while, I, I left that company. Mm-hmm. Um, I left the company and started my own advertising uh, agency. Uh. And mm-hmm. then this was like probably a one, one, two years back. Mm-hmm. Then along the way, I picked up like running for dentists, uh, e-commerce, property agents, a few other random stuff, which was very, very yeah, good. Basically like, uh, no niche lah. No niche. I was just like, like who wants to run ads? Or who needs, who needs more sales? They are like, whatever just take. Because mm. <laughs> at the start, really is, if you have zero just machine gun, really more machine gun to everybody and try and like, help as many people as possible. Yeah, to gain as much experience as possible. And then, uh, yeah, so that was that. Mm. And oh yeah, sorry, before I went into the investment course that I had, sorry, go way back, I almost became a financial advisor. <laughs> yeah. Because my friend you know, so, many, so many people like you know they are they are just joining uh a lot of it for the money and like they, they don't really know what they want to get. Like what's the you know, what's the dream they are chasing after? Yeah, whether is it just money or whether is it a purpose driven like kind of uh, goal like I I, be, I believe that we all can achieve like like you know all our financial freedom in so many ways right but it's like how you actually get there like the journey that you go through like uh, whether you actually enjoy it whether you feel it find it fulfilling and all this so uh, I think it's very common nowadays you know people dabble into a lot of things even for myself when I just started I also was into like investing trading uh, e-commerce all this and like how I actually started learning Facebook ads was also because of e-commerce uh, and then uh, in the end, I decided to choose the agency model which was because, uh, you know, there was like more fulfillment in serving people, like helping others and all. So, yeah, I think like, you know, we started out quite similarly, like, you know, I also was trying all the trading. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, but from, you know, uh, through this whole journey, right, what was like the biggest challenge like you actually faced? Like, you know, was it like not focusing or like what was the biggest challenge? I would say at the start was more of my craft. At the start was more of my craft. So at the start was just running a campaign. I was just like spending people's money. But on the back end, like I had no knowledge in terms of like understanding how to optimize campaigns. I know I, I didn't really have I didn't really grasp the idea of like being data driven uh, in digital marketing. Mm. So I was just like spending ads and then oh I have a, I, I got a lead, then then that's it. <laughs> I'm just doing like I just spend people's money and then they get a lead and then okay, and they got a sale. Cool. But I wasn't dig, diving deeper enough. I, I I didn't go so deep. Uh that was really when uh I struggled in terms of like I couldn't hit KPIs for my clients. Mm. Right. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, can can. You didn't hit KPIs for your client. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I really care about my clients. That's why I realized that I was getting leads, but for some reason, it's not working 
working as well as I thought it would be. And that's where I started uh, buying more courses, uh, online courses about digital marketing. And then I realized there's more aspects to just like Facebook ads. There's a big range of, of uh, marketing yeah. apart from like just the traffic side. So yeah, there's like right. conversion rate, uh, there is offers. Yeah. Yes. So there's so many other things. Then that's where I started building up my craft. So I guess I would say at the start, that was my biggest uh, struggle. But after that, the struggle was more of getting clients and having a stable income. Mm. A stable income from the business. Yeah. Um, so that was the main struggle. And... But in terms of like, how, mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. So how I dealt with it was, of course, um, I tried asking like for referrals. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of cold calling, a lot of cold email. Yeah, a lot of that, and I hated all of that because uh, I'm I myself I'm an actually an introvert. Yeah. Which means I don't like to talk or mm-hmm. or to sell. Uh, Sell stuff. I don't, I don't like that kind of thing. I, I prefer at the laptop. I just like smash the laptop and then money comes out. <laughs> I'm that kind of guy. Yeah. That kind of guy. So I wasn't really comfortable in doing all the cold call, cold email, mm. going for networking, all that kind of things. So I'll say that's my biggest struggle. Mm. Yeah. So so it was like the sales sales part. La. Yeah. Getting customers in. So like right now, like, you know, um, what do you actually do to, you know, uh maybe like, you know, attract clients or maybe, is it purely referral based or like how, how do you actually do it now? Currently is, uh, of course, there are a few re- uh, referrals. Um, yeah, because at the end of the day, referrals is one of the strongest channels Powerful. that brings you really qualified uh, clients. Yeah. So I still rely a lot on referrals. But I would say I wouldn't have any issue knowing who my uh, target market is right now. Yeah. Uh, so in order to back back to my struggle, how I really o- overcame that was number one, identify my prospect. Mm. Who was I actually gonna serve? Because previously I was just like machining machine gun like everywhere. Yeah. And I don't know who I was serving, I don't know what kind of problem I was solving. Yeah. Then I had to niche down and which I decided that since I had uh, quite a big experience in running campaigns, doing marketing for stock market uh, coaching business, yeah. that is decided to niche down in the area. Mm. Also only in Singapore, there is uh, business, businesses like that. Uh, Malaysia, Hong Kong, Taiwan, Thailand, maybe not Thailand, uh, there are other parts of the world, there yeah. are still businesses like that which I could reach out. Lah, because I, I myself run advertising campaigns, I can also run ads for myself and target these businesses. 100%. So that was really when, yeah. So that was really when I became hyper clear about my target audience then everything was pretty much smooth sailing. Not say smooth sailing, um, smooth sailing in terms of getting customers in. And, and I would say that really helped you to also like adapt, like, you know, during times like this, like during COVID, like you were able to definitely uh, be more rooted and uh, in terms of like pivoting and everything, it was definitely much clearer because you, you know who you wanted to serve and uh, what problem you were solving, right? Yeah, so, you know, like, um, to all the other businesses out there, like, um, maybe agencies or maybe other businesses, like, during COVID, right, uh, what, what advice will you give to them, like, um, you know, especially businesses who are trying to transition online or businesses who are trying to 
uh, market themselves? Like, what would you suggest to them? I would say, okay, for agency owners first, I would say I think most agencies wouldn't have a big problem now since most businesses or local businesses are trying to go online. Mm -hmm. So I believe agencies, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think agencies wouldn't have a problem getting customers now. Uh, yeah. if, you're, if you're getting if you're a problem getting customers, then probably the issue is identifying your target market first. Yeah. Once that is settled, you, you just run some ad for yourself and you probably get some customers. So that's for agency side. For local businesses side, this one I learned from Yavinso and, and Josiah. Mm -hmm. They said that for local businesses to thrive now, number one is of course, you have to, so it's exceptionally uh, relevant to businesses that are non-essential or rather they don't know where they are right now. Yeah. So if you view your product as a non-essential, people will be very clear that okay, they won't buy because right now during COVID, yeah. people only buy the essential stuff or rather mm -hmm. they are more like a defensive mode. That's why they want to spend less, save more and then just buy the essential stuff. Yeah. So what I learned also from them was if you're a local business, how can you position your product as an essential. Mm. So if let's say it's an insurance, how can you market it as an essential product? So that's yeah. where people are coming. Yeah, so it's just for local business and also if let's say service providers, I would say don't be attached to um, the way you are. You are used to running your, your operations or maybe mm. through, through sales. So ideally, Service providers can try to, uh, of course, number one is of, of course, uh, look at get, get your position your product as an essential. That's the first thing. Second thing is gaining customers, right? So the the once you have once you're able to position your product as an essential, next thing is to get customers. So this is of course where you either can hire an agency, mm -hmm. uh, do it yourself. Also, it's also yeah. possible. They are. I think right now Facebook advertising all these are getting easier and easier to. Sure. Them. So yeah. that, that's one thing you can uh, consider. But also most importantly is don't get attached to your offer, which means that if let's say last time your offer was, right. let's say, I don't know, they're selling workshops or providing this service, uh, don't get attached to that method of delivering that outcome for your clients, yeah. but be detached, mm. which means that you have to be very clear that what you're doing is providing that outcome for as that specific outcome for your client. So now there's this COVID, you can't provide that outcome through that old method. Why not try a new method to provide that same outcome? Mm. So, right. so that, that that's uh, one way service providers can can repackage shift, can, and shift their offer yes. and actually um basically speak the hearts of their their customers uh, because I think. Uh, their customers' buying mentality also shifted because you know previously, uh, they were just like chill and all, but right now they are you know in a lot of pain or like they, you know, uh, maybe solving their problems would be much more important than trying to offer them oh um getting rich or stuff like that. And I would say um in in fact many seminar companies uh dropped a lot of their prices in terms of their their offers and all these which uh really tuned to the market uh more like the audience. 
what they really wanted, uh, I would say. Yeah. Okay. So maybe like um going back to media buying, right? Sorry. So this is like a bit awkward, <laughs> but then uh nice. yeah, like for yourself in Facebook ads and all, do you like actually just purely run the campaigns or do you like do like videos, do like their sales funnels, do like their offer and everything? Like what, what do you actually um cover when you you take on a client? Previously, I was just running advertising campaigns. Mm -hmm. I was just building sales funnels, running advertising campaigns. Generally, handle their CRM and all that kind of stuff. But right now, since I'm just very focused on this market, I am not just... Uh, I don't just run advertising campaigns. I help with their back-end offers. So right now, a lot of education businesses, their offers have changed. Mm -hmm. So I'm also helping them look uh, apart from their front end offer, how can they structure their back end offer so that uh, there's a very smooth transition in between and uh, that will also boost the profitability of the company. Mm. So right now I'm boosting myself as the as a as a like a marketer or ever uh, marketer. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not what I am. I uh, I provide other services as well. Yeah. So so you do like their videos as well or do they videos? The videos as well. I do videos sometimes, uh, as and when needed. Mm, yeah. Okay. So so how, how do you deal with like okay, let, let's say um I'm sure like some of your clients have marketing experience or their background, like they know how all these sales funnels, how these uh Facebook ads work as well. And like how do you deal when you know you guys have like disagreements or uh let's say you propose an offer, right? Like you say, I wanna do this uh, offer at four nine nine, but you know, your client is, you know, a bit uh, stubborn. Like, you just say, you know, I think like, I can do it at 1,000 or like, how do you actually uh, communicate this message to them? I guess this would also go back to your niche first. So, right. for myself, um, how I bring this across right, is I provide proof. So, I, if, if let's say this client is maybe not... Uh, complying or he doesn't understand why why this thing should work why the price should increase or decrease mm. then i'll show why uh you should do things uh this way and i provide proof from my other clients results so i say mm. that, oh this client is pretty much in the same truth as you he did this and then did this and he got this result right yeah so if i if i just show this if i just bring this over uh my my another client's results and i just show it to them then they're like oh okay that makes sense then they just mm. Then, then how do they so, feel like, will, will they feel like, uh, I don't know, like some clients, you know, if they are not very abundant, right, then you're always serving this niche, let's say, like the stock investing workshops, right? Then will they like say, oh, then like that, my competitor is doing this and then I do the exact same thing. Then how do I stand out from them? Okay, so this part is more of the marketing side. Right. So in terms of marketing side, um. Yeah, in terms of the marketing side, can you hear me? Yeah, I can, can. Yeah, okay. go ahead. All good? Yeah, all good, all good. <laughs> okay. Okay, can. So in terms of the marketing side, this is the part where, uh, so of course, like, even myself, I have a niche. They themselves also have to have a niche. Yeah. Right, so for them, maybe it might be uh, options or, or like the value investing, value investing. Mm -hmm. investing. There's different types of uh, natures that they have yeah. also. 
Uh, but that's just one part. Also for them, they have to identify their target market, yeah. target audience. Mm -hmm. So usually I will try to help them identify what is their target audience or the audience that they actually attract. Mm -hmm. This is where, this is how they stand out. So if I, if I let's say client A, client B does pretty much the same thing, mm -hmm. uh, how to really differentiate is of course, um, helping them to differentiate. It's my job to help them differentiate first. That's my job. Yeah. That's my job. So yeah. so once that is done, then they are quite clear that then then my client uh, wouldn't complain that oh this is my competitor. I shouldn't mm. like follow him. Now that now that stuff will happen. And I guess also like uh their methods or their story that their message and all will also be different in some way. Uh I think I guess that's the really differentiating point because can you hear me? Yeah, okay. So yeah, I think like that's that's, uh, that's a really differentiating point about uh about different clients lah. I'll say like they all have their own uh background backstory and everything. Yeah, awesome. Okay. Um. So now, giving the choice, right? Would you prefer like the lockdown to continue, or you would you prefer the lockdown to not continue? <laughs> I would, honestly speaking, I, I prefer lockdown. <laughs> I prefer lockdown because number one, I'm perfectly comfortable staying at home doing doing the work. Yeah. Uh, because I'm a, I'm an introvert. If I go out, I, I do like pictures or whatever. I get right. drained super easily. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not kidding. I get drained super easily. So right now, in terms of like, let's say when I do a pitch to a client mm. or structure whatever for the funnel. Or like even talk to clients. Mm. Once it's done, once I'm drained out, I can just like head over just to my bed and just head like, over like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. And then uh yeah, so I guess one reason why I would say that I would prefer COVID right now is of course uh companies utilize companies utilize uh the digital world a lot yeah. more compared to last right. time. Yeah. And like they are kind of like more really aware. Yeah, like more aware of. Uh, I mean, for myself as well, you know, they are more aware of uh how important it is to actually uh like move their business online, not just constantly think of like the offline world. And yeah, it's it's important to raise their awareness mm -hmm. because not many of them like were problem aware previously. They were really like just uh trying to live in their own world, thinking that you know um this won't happen and. I guess COVID really digitalized many businesses. Yeah, yeah exactly. so in fact, mm -hmm. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, in fact, I yeah, so in fact, I was speaking to a few property agents, mm -hmm. and actually, a lot of them are just closing over Zoom. Wow. So, what I'm guessing in the future, which might might or might not be, be, be accurate, is that next time property agents, uh. They don't even need to go out and close. Like even after this circuit breaker ends, even COVID ends, they can just like they just pick up Facebook ads or whatever advertising platform. They just pick up some advertising skill. They take some real estate license, they're good at sales, and then they literally just stay at home and then do like those Zoom closures. And then wow. <laughs> so that's that's what I'm I'm seeing, uh, I'm predicting that mm. that might happen in like the direct sales wow. profession. Amazing. So so like right now, you know, uh during this lockdown, have you like achieved your uh, 100k in a year target? I, I'm say, I will say yes, right? 
Yeah, I I hear about hundred twenty twenty ish. Uh, yeah, as as of as of as of now lah. Nice, nice. So far from the journey, about hundred twenty ish. Awesome. So so like, what's your what's your vision ahead for like um tech media like, um do you plan to go back to school? Do you plan to um you know do this like full time in future and like, do you have a vision for your agency? In terms of going back to school, that's the thing. <laughs> My parents wouldn't agree if I decided to quit. Of course, I'm more. In, I'm honestly more inclined to quit. Yeah. Because I don't see the value of school. It's like there's a this. Everyone says that there's this safety net that it provides you, mm-hmm. but I don't agree with that anymore. In fact, maybe sometimes I think one two years back I can't agree with that statement, but right now not anymore. And the reason is because. Right now, as this COVID thing is taking over the world, mm-hmm. jobs are being lost, which yeah. means that if I take a degree, if I have a job, I have this high chance that I might get retrenched. Right? So I would say that being an entrepreneur or running my own thing is actually safer right now. <laughs> it's actually safer. Yeah. Plus, exactly. I have my own control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I haven't made a decision yet, but I'm more inclined to do quitting. How 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 long do you spend in university before you you stop? I spent one year. Oh, I spent one year. Yeah, so I'm technically technically still a year one student. <laughs> oh, like yeah, year one. Mm. Right, and and like for your vision for um you know tech media like what what do you see yourself like um five to ten years down you know in doing this business. Five to ten years down, I see myself as not just locally, mm-hmm. but maybe even other countries as well. Um, because again, I don't want to serve too many like stock market, stock market cultures locally because we definitely still compete one way or, or another. Mm. So probably extend operations uh, overseas as well, mm. and. So so that's pretty much my goal. Probably I I wouldn't want to go to that big a team. Mm-hmm. Um, probably five to ten tax max maximum. Alright. That's that's kind of, that's kind of my goal. Yeah. A few years ago. Nice, nice. So so you plan to like do you know agency work full time like uh and then will you actually consider you know like um like doing info products uh like and like maybe what what are your thoughts like when you scale your agency like um do you have concerns because I think like uh as a solopreneur right one concern will be like when I scale and then I will be you know concerned that my team can't deliver like the same level or like the standard that I want and like you don't want the quality of the results to drop for your clients especially because it will affect like you know your brand your reputation and all this like do you have like you know concerns like this yeah that's the exact Thing that I'm facing right now, which I didn't face uh, when I was still doing it alone. Right now, I hired one guy, so mm-hmm. it's just two of us. Yeah. So the issue, of course, right now is if let's say I handle a client to him, and it's actually quite new. So if I had, if I handle a client fully to him, uh, I have to keep a very tight eye on him, uh, because right. of, because the results of uh, the campaigns or or whatever, right? Uh, again. 
if it doesn't perform well, I have to face the client. So it's yeah. going to be my fault. Correct. So this part, I actually learned uh, about taking extreme ownership, which means yeah. that if let's say this person or rather this, this uh, team member of mine, the ad performance or campaign performance or whatever, right, doesn't perform well, mm. it's not his fault. It's actually my fault. Yeah. Because I'm responsible for him. For sure. Yes. So this part is where the leadership aspect of agency come mm-hmm. in, uh, yeah. which I'm still honestly trying to master. Yeah. Um, so this is one of the current struggles that I'm facing right now as well. And apart from that, in terms of the delivery, in, in terms of QC and all that, making sure that mm-hmm. the results are, are there, it's also having the systems and checklists right. of that. So that, let's say, if I hire a new guy, I can just pass this system, SOPs this system and checklist everything. Yeah. and SOPs. I just pass him and then he can just execute. Yeah, so that is what I'm working on uh, right now. Mm-hmm. So that is a bit of a struggle for me as well because there's something new. Mm-hmm. Will you ever actually consider like um, doing education since like there's you know so many uh, gurus out there now? Like, have you ever like thought about it uh, branching out into that? I mean, I feel like there's nothing wrong with self-education. In fact, like I feel that there's uh, still a lot of future in there. Uh, will you actually see yourself going into that, you know, that route? No. <laughs> so, I think I did mention this before. Yeah, I think I, think I did mention this before. Before, before I, I started out my own agency, I was facing this trouble of like, trying to get clients. This was when I haven't really niched down yet. Mm. So I was trying in terms of trying to go skill and skill the agency, get more revenue for, yeah. for the company. I was trying to create a, I tried to create an e-course. In fact, I already created an e-course. Right, I think I, I saw it. I, I, I saw it. But what I realized in the process was I actually didn't really like teaching. Right. I saw it. <laughs> yeah, what I realized was I didn't really like teaching. I didn't really have a passion for it. And I don't want to do something that maybe it's uh very false. It's maybe very uh Maybe it can make a lot of money, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't enjoy, enjoy doing it. I'd rather do something that I can still make a decent amount of money and I would enjoy it at the same time. So right. I don't see myself teaching at least for the next 10, 10 years. <laughs> maybe I'm a bit mature, a bit old, then maybe I might consider teaching or whatever, but for the next foreseeable future, I don't see myself teaching or selling yeah. any info products. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, that's, that's very important, like, to know your goal because uh, it goes back to the point when we got started, right? You know, we just tried to chase money and then uh, in the end, you, you just try to do all it takes to actually get rich, but you don't really, if you don't really enjoy it, I feel like there's no, like, desire to continue. You eventually, like, burn out someday and it's not as easy as what everyone says to, like, jump on the next uh, bandwagon and everything. Yeah, yeah. So like my last question would be obvious uh to end off, right? Like what were you actually uh you know, so you started like right after army, I would say like your journey on personal development and all this. Like, you know, if you go back to your 15 year old self, uh what would you actually advise yourself to do and like uh would you have changed, you know, anything? Would you have uh tried more stuff when you were younger or something? That kind of If 
15 year old self. Like, how old are you now? I'm 22, this is 22. Why, if you see me, Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm 22, turning 23 this year. Oh, okay, we are uh, one year younger, yeah. one year younger. Okay. Still yeah. Old self. So like eight years ago. I would say dive into more mess. Dive into more 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 stuff. So yeah. the reason why why I say that is for, for me I think I'm I'm quite fortunate because I can't dove into a lot of stuff. Uh, mm. like YouTube. Yeah. Dropshipping. Uh I went I I I think I didn't mention I also went I also became a videographer on Started selling videography uh, services, film mm. weddings and all that kind of things. Uh, but what I would say, uh, what advice I would give to my fifteen-year-old self is, dive into a mess or dive into a, as much thing as possible while you're still young, while you still have time, so that you can find what you like to do. Yes, I was. Because yeah, because right now, I don't think I would just add like. 16, 15 years old, I, would, I don't think I would have the idea that, oh, I want to run an agency. Mm. Or I want to run a, I want to do like marketing. Definitely. I wouldn't have the thought of idea. Like, nobody yeah. like just bonds out. Unless you are some alien. La. I think I think there are some aliens out there that they like 14, 15, like uh, they suddenly like, no, wow. like, you know, there's this, uh, what was his name? Uh, uh, on the Click, Click Funnels community, it was like one of the youngest two comma club. Like, since young, he already knew that he was gonna do all these info products and all this, which is crazy, lah. I'll say, and uh, same same here. Like I feel like you know, passion is developed after you try a lot of things. Then you start to find out uh, what you are good at, what you enjoy, and all this. Yeah, correct. Then once you dive into a mess, you kind of figure out what you like and what you don't like. And then after that, have laser light focus. Yes. Just, just back that, back that, that part. Focus. Then, yes. Correct. Yes. Focus is so important. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you so much, Ted, for you know um, being here today. I really uh, enjoyed the conversation we had. In fact, like this, like the the first time we are actually like really speaking in person. Yes. It seems very relatable because I I guess we went through quite a similar path and. Yeah, thank you, Ted, for your time. And uh, no problem. Where, where can my audience find you at, Ted? If I'm on Facebook, which mm. I'm not really active there as well. <laughs> uh, but I guess I'm more active on, yeah, if I'm on Facebook, my name is Tedious Cole. You can just search it up. Just add me as a friend or something. Nice, yeah. nice. Okay. So you can find me. Thank you.